0: Let's uh, let's pray together. Father, we just come to you tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name, filled with your spirit and ready to listen to you, ready to listen to the teacher, to the comforter. We're ready to hear directly from the throne of God tonight, Lord, and as we go into your word, we just ask you just to bring to life your word and uh, what we've come in here lacking that we would go out full and with answers and with direction and with wisdom because you are the spirit of truth. You are the God of all wisdom and knowledge. And Lord, we come to you and we come to your throne tonight to receive. Also, we come here to serve you, to worship you and to praise you. Just thank you, Lord. We just ask for just a blessed night today. Bless the youth in their new room. Bless the children in their new room. Lord, just bless this body. Bless these adults that are here to help support what it is that you're doing in this church. Bless this place in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want us to kind of keep, keep a kind of a same thread going that I've done over the last two Wednesday nights. We're just going to be looking in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 3. But I want, I want you to start looking at things differently. I want you, when you come into worship, to look at worship as though you are filled with the Spirit and that the Spirit is going to speak to you through worship. And that something's going to happen to you in worship because the Spirit of God is in you and he's going to like what's going on in this place. So it's obvious or it should be natural or be expected for something to get stirred up in you and you not even be able to explain it. And that's because when we worship the Lord, he reacts. He is moved. He's moved by your worship. So every time we come in here together, I want to encourage you. Now, we're just going to read Scripture and just kind of just kind of lay it out and see what the Spirit's saying to you. But to ask right now that the Holy Spirit speak to you as we go through the, these Scriptures. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians. Corinthians chapter three and verse chapter three and and chapter four, but we've already gone through chapter one and chapter two about equipping the church. If you remember, a few weeks ago we were talking about forgiveness. We've been talking about how Paul is trying to equip the church um, to handle the things that are coming. So here we go. Let's go into uh, verse one. Are we beginning to praise ourselves? Now, someone asked me the other the other day, "What translation do I use?" Whichever one says it the way I like it to be said, (laughs) you name it, I use it. Uh, I use the message. I typically study the most out of the New King James, the NIV, and the New Living. I read the One Year Bible, and I I go between every year. I change from the NIV to the New Living. Right now, I believe I'm on the I don't know one of those. But when I teach, uh, when I'm studying to teach, I study out of the New King James. But this is from the New Living, okay? So I'm not one of those that's just King James, you know, or, or bust. Um, I, will, I, will use, I will use many different translations. Are we begin- So this is the New Living. Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. Verse 2. The only letter of recommendation we need is you, yourself. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. 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 You should be different. If you are not different, then something has gone wrong. Not in heaven, not by the Spirit or by God, but in you. Something has gotten missed. Um, The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourself. Your lives are a letter written on our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. I look at out here at Burton and his class, the class that he's been teaching for years, and I know that he can look out and see the letters written on people's hearts because of the time that he has spent with them and has toiled with, not toiled, but has wept and, and struggled with these families to get through what they're going through, as well as Burton and Cindy struggling to get through their struggles. And we can see the Spirit of God moving I can just think for just a moment in the time that I spend with Burton and the challenges that he and I both have had over the last few years. And they're huge. But I can see, I don't need a letter written to me. I can see the letter written on his heart. I can see the Spirit of God working in his life. And that goes all throughout this congregation. As I get to know you and I hope as you get to know me, my life will prove that God's moving in my life. In this place, my life will prove that God's moving in this place, in this church. Your life will too, and it does. Your lives are a letter written on our hearts, and everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Verse 3. Remember, each time I want you to be asking yourself, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter, who is that? It's us, is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Everywhere I go looking, I find the Spirit of God. And I've never seen it that way before. I mean, this is literally written out. This one's a little bit different in that it says... This letter, my life, is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. I don't know how I would miss that one, but I believe that I even have missed that one. It's not carved on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. It is the most amazing thing that God decided to further his kingdom through humans. The spirit, the perfect God, deciding to further his kingdom through humans. Us. That's the funniest joke I've ever heard. Me. And I don't mean that derogative. Well, I kind of do on myself, and that's probably, probably not very healthy, but it's just hilarious. It just, it just really is that he uses us. But what's so amazing is I can see it, not necessarily in me, but I can see it in me, but I can see it in you. I can see supernatural activity in you. It's it's truly amazing. It's not carved on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. Verse 4. Holy Spirit. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It's not... That we, that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. That, again, is the same thing as Paul. Paul is saying the same thing as I'm saying is this is the most hilarious thing ever that God would use us. I kind of read that in that vein. It, there's nothing that we're qualified to do on our own. Now, Paul, this is coming from an, a highly educated person. Paul was a highly educated in religion person and he's saying we are not qualified to do anything on our own. Can you imagine the revelation it would take for a for a uh, intellectual to get put down on that level? Intellectuals are the hardest ones to get through to because they know everything. I'm not against knowledge. But so many times as we get built up in knowledge, we no longer can receive any help. But here is a man who was qualified by the world standard, totally qualified, and he's saying, we're not qualified. Our qualification comes from God. I want you to keep in mind, Paul did not walk the earth with Jesus. Paul received his inspiration from the Spirit of God. Verse 6, he has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not, written, not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. It's just amazing. Um, I was reading today in Hebrews, and I'm, I'll probably mess this up, so just go ahead and forgive me ahead of time. It says to make allowances for each other. This is one of those moments. Um, But it was talking about how in the Old Testament, death had to come uh, for uh, the forgiveness of sins. There had to be a replacement. Death had to replace it. But it also mentioned, and I believe it was in the New, New Living in Hebrews. I can't remember which chapter. But it talked about... How we're trying to fulfill and walk out the will of God, but the will does not kick into, into action until someone dies. And that is that death that has to occur. We have to die to ourselves so that we can inherit and fulfill God's will the will, the, the last will and testament. Um, I had never really seen it like that, but how when a will is in place, it has to be verified that the owner of the will is dead. So my will has to die so that I can step in to God's will. Anyway, it's written in there. I had just never really picked up on it. That's the kind of stuff that's happening to me is stuff I didn't, use, I didn't pay attention to, I pay attention to. Uh, And I'm not really doing anything different. There's something different in me. What verse am I on? Six. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. Covenant not written on laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. Verse seven. The old way, which laws etched in stone, led to death. Why? Because we couldn't do it. We could not fulfill the law. We were not capable of it. That's why the new covenant had to come. The new covenant is a covenant of the Spirit, not a covenant of laws. I could not keep the law. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Verse 8. Verse 8. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? Had someone come in here. I can't remember, Bill, what you said, but expectation leads... To miracles? Amen. (laughs) It's just so awesome what God's doing. Shouldn't we be having expectation of God moving now that we have the Holy Spirit? If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? (laughs) I mean you were just saying it here about the righteousness of God and it was glorious when he came and gave us his word to show us how we were sinning in the Old Testament. The the law was perfect. It was great to show us our downfall. We can't do it. We must have God, but he doesn't leave us hanging there knowing we can't do it. He says, okay, I know you can't do it. I'm going to give you who can And not only is he just going to be there around to help you do it, he's going to be in you. He's going to be in you, not only be in you, but make you right. What you could have never achieved, he's going to do for you. And when I look at you, the the Lord would say, when I look at you, I see Jesus. Makes us right with God. Verse 10. In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared to the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, (laughs) this is just funny wording, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? Verse 12. Since the new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. Verse 13, we are not like Moses who puts a veil over our face so the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. Verse 14, but the people's minds were hardened and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. I believe what's happening right now in this place is the Lord um, in his mercy has led us to a place of recognizing that the veil has still been there. I personally have had this veil still sitting here. I'm a, I'm usually a rule follower, unless I don't like the rule, then I become very extremely rebellious. That's just a great combination. Um, but, this veil, I believe, is what Satan has done perfectly, he thinks, in that removing the Holy Spirit from the church. But I believe that the day has come today where the Lord is saying, no more. It is time for the Holy Spirit to be, re- be um, reinstalled. What was that word? Released introduced, reintroduced to the church. We've gotten afraid. I like the way John Bevere uh, uh, words it is that we have tapped, we've tried to grab hold of the power of the Holy Spirit without knowing the Holy Spirit. So when we go get a hold of a a power cord over here and don't understand it, we wind up shocked and our hair shot straight up and all kinds of crazy stuff going on because we don't understand it. That's why anytime I work in electrical stuff, things usually get kind of funny. Now, I'm smart enough not to go grab hold of a, of a live wire, but working in the lube and, you know, you realize you can't call an electrician every time something goes wrong. You better learn how to fix it. And you learn what to touch and what not to touch pretty quickly. And then you learn to go do some homework. And never don't if you ever wonder, turn the power off. And that's what the church has done. We've turned the power off. We've gotten afraid of touching that live wire because we don't understand it, and we've cut the power. And, church, we're a spirit filled church. And I will tell you, I have done this unknowingly. I wouldn't, who would do it on purpose? An idiot. I'm not an idiot. Well, Not on purpose. (laughs) Um, Pastor Chris one time said, if you realize something's not true anymore, why would you not go in that direction? But the problem is we believe, we so lock into what we believe is truth, even if it's not truth. Wouldn't we change if we knew that this truth is not right, this truth is? Yes, I would change. If I'm grabbing this and it's shocking me every time and then Ron comes up and says, ooh, wait a minute, I know about electricity. Why don't you try it this way? Oh, that works. I'm not gonna go back to doing it the stupid way. But people even do that. But can you see that because we don't understand the power, but we want the power, we read about the power, why isn't the power happening in the church? Let's go grab that live wire. Everybody runs. Yeah, but that had to have been God. Let's do it again. <clears throat> oh. Why isn't anybody at church anymore? I don't know. Let's grab that thing again. <clears throat> okay, let's don't touch it anymore. Maybe people will come back. And we're missing it on both sides. We're missing it on both sides. Both sides are wrong. And what I mean by both sides is those that have rejected it and pushed it away and those that have just gone crazy. And we need, to, we need to get back down the middle and get to know who Jesus is again. And the only way to know Jesus is to know the Spirit. It says nobody knows God except the Spirit. We're going to learn that Sunday. So I think it's so free, where my heart is, is let's don't worry about the manifestations and the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't have to worry about the benefits of God if I have God. And I cannot go after the benefits of God without God. But if I will go after God, I get him in his fullness. I get everything. So I would encourage you, not, not not, avoid the power, but the things of God are not the focus. God is the focus, and in the earth, what we have is the spirit of Jesus Christ. And we can see right here how glorious it was, even in the past, in the Old Covenant, how great it was, because it led people to freedom of their sin. They could once a year get free. The the day of atonement, they could take their sins, they could offer up sacrifices and get free. That was still wonderful compared to not getting free. How much more is the new covenant glorious? That we have the spirit of Christ. We have him in us making us right. Right? Are you guys, are y'all good? But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. To this day. Now, this is comparing the, the children of Israel. We are God's children. This happens in the church. We're not talking about unbelievers. We're talking about believers. They cannot understand the truth. And this veil can only be removed by believing in Christ. Verse 15. I'm obviously not getting to chapter 4. Verse 15. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writing, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. Let me just finish this chapter and then I'll share what's on my heart but whenever someone turns to the lord the veil is taken away for the lord is the spirit uh, i guess i could keep up with you for the lord is the spirit so what this is saying if you go back one scripture can i go back did i go forward But whenever someone turns to the the Lord, now keep this in context. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away for the Lord is the Spirit. So when someone turns to the Lord, they are turning to the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Again, in this book uh, by John Bevere, he, he takes it one step further that wherever the Spirit is Lord... Wherever the Spirit is Lord, because let me tell you, there's not freedom everywhere. And the the God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. Is there freedom everywhere? No. People are in bondage. But where the the Spirit is Lord. Do y'all follow that? Where the Spirit is Lord, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. What's it saying? That as the spirit comes into us, we should start to take on his character. We have him in us as that That which is in us becomes Lord. What I mean by Lord is, is they are the one in control. They are the one that we are following. We are following his desires, his heart. Is the Lord Lord of your life? Is the Spirit of God, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? You can say, yes, I made him Lord when I was five. Yes, but is he really your Lord? If he is, you will start to take on his image. We will continue. It says that he will make us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. The only way we can do that, because let me tell you, my body is getting older and older and older and weaker and and other stuff but my spirit should be morphing into more and more like him. Getting stronger and stronger and more powerful, as we were saying, the same power is in us. I believe if we will genuinely allow the Holy Spirit to, to be Lord of our life and start listening... Um, I believe we're gonna see the power come back into the church. And it's not gonna be flaky and kooky. It's gonna draw the world to him. And that's what Jesus did when he walked the earth. The world showed up because they needed him. Right now, there's no power in the church. And I'm not trying to be ugly, y'all are awesome. And we're trying. And something's going to happen. But where the Spirit is Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You want to share? Oh, (laughs) okay. Um, I just want to encourage you to pray and to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and to lead you. And talk to Him, just like you have a regular conversation talk it gets easier it gets easier and I have never had that approach I keep telling you week after week after week but it's real it's real and he is here I I had I had the thought today as I understand why nothing can separate me from him because he nothing can make him leave unless he leaves on his own Nothing can make him leave. So when he comes in, there is nothing that can remove that unless he leaves himself. And he's promised me not to. So nothing can separate me from that. Not even me. Not even me. So I just, I just want to encourage you. Um. If you're reading that book, we're on chapter two, and uh, man, I, I, I'm loving being around y'all because everybody's coming up saying, oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I, To be honest with you, I am trying to pray very hard about meeting with some other pastors and just tell them what's happening with me because I've got friends on both sides of the fence. And it's not... Conflicting. I believe that the that what God's doing in my heart is not. Um, what did I ask, what did I say to, to Pete last night? I, uh, um, threatening. threatening. It's not threatening. It's not threatening to the conservative. It's not threatening to the wild and crazy spiritual person. Wild and crazy person. Trying to be spiritual. We're trying. Believe me, I've done some flaky things, and I was trying with the right heart. But I would come away from there thinking, God, that was weird. And I believe he would say, yeah, it was. Do you remember me doing that? No. Well, I'm trying. I know you are. I'm, I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're trying to walk and we're, we fall down and the Lord pats us on the rear end and says, get back up and try it again. We're going to get it and it's going to be awesome. I want to encourage you, get in your Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Um, t- Monday night, we're going to be sharing a word uh, of what the Holy Spirit is sharing with, with each and every one of us. and I've asked you guys to just do it with one or two sentences. It's not going to be the book of Isaiah. It's going to be one or two sentences. What is the Lord saying to you? And I just want to tell you what the Lord has said to me. And I don't think I have been successful with this yet. And this was over a week ago that he spoke this to me. Talk to me before you speak. And I can never do it. (laughs) I spent all day today. Thinking, okay, the next time I speak, and it started this morning. Yeah, do you hear that? And I drove away from there thinking, God, you're you're hilarious. You knew just how to set me up for that. If you can tell, I blew it. I blew it this morning in front of my whole family. It was quite something to see. But that's what the Lord told me. Ask me. Ask me before you speak because I'll help you. And it's really a peaceful, it's really an awesome thing. But it is literally dying to myself in order to do that. It feels almost impossible. And it is. The the word of God says that your tongue cannot be tamed. You can't do it. And the spirit of God's saying, but I can. And I believe what he's saying to me is what's what's needing to come out of your mouth is important. And the Lord would say to you, what needs to come out of your mouth is important. Seek me. Seek me and ask me, and I'll help you. So those of you that are in my group Monday night, unless the Lord speaks to me between now and then, and I believe he probably will. I don't believe he probably will. I believe he will. Um, that's what the Lord said to me. So I want to be asking you, what's the Lord saying to you in one or two sentences? <laughs> We've got 15, 20 people in a group, and if everybody spent five minutes, we wouldn't have any time to even talk about the questions that we're doing. So that's why. I want to hear it, and I want to hear it. Bang, give it to me and move on to the next one. Amen? Amen. All right, y'all stand up with me and let me pray for you. Well, Lord, all I can say is that you're good, and that you're here. And Lord, those that have come in here that feel like that disaster is upon them, you are here and you are in us. If you are sitting in here today and you have never asked the Lord to be Lord of your life, then it is time right now. It is the Holy Spirit himself. It is the Spirit of Jesus Christ that has been speaking to you tonight. And you may even say, look, I kind of think I got saved when I was five, but I'm not sure. It's time to be sure because the Holy Spirit will make it sure to you. It says that he confirms in your heart that he's there. So right now where you are, make a decision. Rededicate your heart, your life, your mind, your family that, Lord, I am going to follow you. I'm going to follow your will. I'm going to follow your word. I'm going to follow your spirit. Come into my heart. Come into my heart, Jesus. Let your spirit come into my heart. If you've walked in here with not much hope, I want you to know that the spirit of the living God is here with you. And he would say, listen to me. I can help you. Listen to me. Read my word. Worship me. Get around people that you know have my spirit in them. Listen to me and follow. The Lord would say, I can be trusted. Trust me. Father, we just ask you,